business in general isn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. The world needs W two workers. Yes. Uh, every and nobody here that's W two workers less than understand that that where you are now, you are there, and if you're happy with that, completely fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're not, there's plenty of opportunity to go somewhere else and do something different. Yeah. Right. The, this this is the country of the opportunity, and if you're stuck somewhere where you're not liking it, you have nobody to blame but yourself. What's up, Rasa? Welcome back to the Valley Vibes Podcast. The following is a conversation with Sam Gonzalez, who has years of experience in real estate and is helping of countless of individuals and families secure their future through life insurance and guiding them through the housing market. His insights and knowledge are invaluable, and I'm sure you'll grab a gem or two in today's episode. Once again, if you want to get more information or contact him, his information will be down below. And thank you guys again for watching, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Sam, bienvenido. Thank you, thank you. How bro. you doing, bro? Good, Welcome man. to the Valley Vibes Podcast. I appreciate your time, man. First of all, bro, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I love the, the idea of sharing with, uh, with your people and uh, how we can help the community. So on this episode, I want to cover real estate. Basically, the basics. Not too dead, but like some surface level, something where we can bring value. To anybody listening and even to myself because i plan on purchasing a home in the near future and why not ask an expert because you can only ask google so many questions right so and also following up with a bit of uh, life insurance mm. so first of all man i want to i want to get to know like your background or like where you come from and what like what what got you into this field like what led up to it right. so what let's go back memory lane yeah, so um, back in uh, when I was 19, I started working for a family business, and um, I did that W-2 job for about seven years, and I realized, you know, this isn't where I want to be. Mm -hmm. So I ended up uh, following my mom's footsteps and getting my real estate license. So my mom's a broker here in Lodi, and uh, we, we share with the, the community here in the Hispanic community how we can help with first-time home buyers, stuff like that. And I really like that mantra. So I, I decided to get my license and, and do that. So four years in, mm -hmm. um, about six months ago, I was introduced uh, by, a, by a family friend of how we can utilize life insurance mm -hmm. um, to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. I was already looking for life insurance for myself and my, my wife. Um, and then it was just kind of, you know, destiny put us together. And I saw the value of the product. I saw the value of the business. Mm -hmm. And so I decided, hey, let me jump in and, and see how I can share this with my people. Uh, t t tying those things up. Um, so, j did you see uh, several like life insurance um, companies before you met this one, or how did you get into that one first of all? No, actually, this was the first time I had spoken to anybody regarding life insurance, and mm. the first person that had actually introduced the the, the concept to me. Mm. I knew the the basics about life insurance and uh, mostly for protection, but mm -hmm. then when I was told that there's so much more that we can do. Um, and use it to make some more money. I said, "Hey, let me try it out," and you know, the rest is history so far. I see. Uh, no, uh, take take me back though. The 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 real estate side, mm -hmm. like that came first, right? Yeah. And yeah. how many years do you have you been doing that? Um, it's gonna be f well four years in March. Four years in March. Yeah. And so, uh, what what who got you introduced to that that part of it? My mom. She she's been in real estate. She's been a broker here and locally. Um, What's a broker? That is something I straight okay. up don't even know. Yeah, so a broker is just kind of somebody who owns the company. So it's her her company, her firm, um, and then she can bring on more agents under her. Wow. Yeah. So she became... Uh, she's the boss. Yeah, she's the boss. She's my boss. She's <laughs> my mom and my boss. So 
Um, it's it's great. Uh, she she came into the industry about 2004, um, and you know was became an agent and understood learned all the stuff, and then she ended up going on her own. Um, ah. And then for a long time, she told me, "Hey, come come on board, come on board." But uh, for one thing or another, I just didn't. And so you know, finally the, the flip the switch flipped for me, and uh, I decided to get my license. And and uh, you know that was four years ago, and I haven't looked back since. What what made you flip the switch? Uh, just understanding that uh, our time is very, very, very valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was tired of selling my hours for a paycheck, you mm-hmm. know, versus how can I actually help the community um, and give myself a better return for my time spent. 100%. And so your mom's always been like a entrepreneur, like um, business owner, like um, in control, basically, of her time. And right. that's what you wanted to like replicate. And that's right, why right. you took the leap and jump into real estate and all that. Yeah, both of my parents actually have been in um, entrepreneurs since I can remember. Um, you know, ever since I was a little little kid, and my dad uh, had his body shop here in Lodi. Um, he fixed his cars, and I always saw that you know he was his own boss. Uh, my mom, same thing. She had her jewelry store uh, back in the day, and and that's something that I saw. Well, I I didn't really know any different what the W two difference was versus the ten ninety nine difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew that my parents worked a lot, and they they busted their butts, and so I you know. Who better to learn from than them how to, to continue the future? Uh, just just like quick re- recap is W-2 is when you work for somebody. Right. 1099 is is that business owner or like contractor or? Well, ten ninety uh, W-2 is an employee. Employee, right? employee. Right. Got employee. It. So you work for somebody else mm-hmm. and they they pay your bills or they pay your, your check mm-hmm. um, and they control what you do. Mm. And then 1099. And 1099 is self-employed, self-employed or a contractor, something similar to that. Um, that's the very basic understanding of it. Now, at 1099, you have your control of what you do and how you do things. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you work under somebody else, you they can't actually tell you what to do. So that's where you start to take your own time and you start to push it how you see it should be done. Th- that's also where you get like a lot of tax breaks now. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot more benefits to, to uh, a 1099 because you do have write-offs. Mm. Um, what's a write-off? Who pays the write-offs? Well, you know that's you know business expenses. So you have, um, you know, you have this this cool setup you have here. Mm-hmm. If you made this your business, you can actually write all this stuff off and help you with your taxes Lights, later on in the future. Fuel, Lights, anything that has to do with your business, rent. exactly. So if you have a home office, mm-hmm. you can actually write that off. Um, don't quote me on that. You know, tax professionals, you guys know how you do your thing. So, yeah. you know, refer to a tax professional. But from my understanding is that the same advice, this is just information, right? right. This is all for <laughs> educational purposes only. Exactly. Um, but no, there's a lot of things that you can do to help, um, lessen that tax burden, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, we all work for hard for our money. Exactly. And we don't want to just let it all go out the, the other end through to uncle Sam. So what can you do? You know, open up a business and have write-offs on how to how to utilize your money better that that's something that a lot of people um i think overlook is mm-hmm. that i feel like the biggest i've heard uh, that maybe you confirm this the biggest tax breaks i've seen are uh, uh owning renting out properties or like oh being a real uh, owning real estate mm-hmm. and like uh write-offs with like owning a home mm-hmm. and then write-offs with owning a business because i feel like those are the two fundamentals that drive america mm-hmm. is whether you house people or whether you employ people and then that's why those two uh, uh areas get the most tax breaks is that like true yeah from my understanding yeah especially you know homeowners get a lot of tax breaks mm-hmm. um depreciation stuff like that 
the value of the house um, and uh, business owners get their, you know, write-offs and stuff like that. Their taxes were, weren't, aren't helpful for the common employee. Mm-hmm. They're not very easy on the hot common employee. So they're, you know, people that are in business, homeowners get a little bit of more tax breaks. A hundred percent. And going very basic, uh, this is a question I actually had for you. Real estate, like, is real estate just the land or is, can a trailer be real estate? I sometimes see uh, when I go to the barrier, I see houses on like water that are like boats, mm. but like they're like homes basically like, or is it just the land itself or like what? Well, yeah, not real estate in general is you're, you're buying the land. Mm. So, so it's not the, it's not a boat. Like cause aren't those more like assets? Right, that's just a doubt of an asset. Like a, I, I, I'm assuming like you're talking like houseboats and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, houseboats. I'm assu- and- I, I've never dealt with one personally, uh-huh. but I'm assuming that it's going to be just kind of like a car, mm-hmm. like a boat. Got you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. also like a trailer too, right? That's. Uh, uh, kinda- yeah, like a, a manual. Um, so if you have like a mobile home, mm-hmm. um, usually they're not considered real estate. I see. Um, Unless they're fixed to the property, I see. But right. but uh, and a big difference is like they're somewhat cheaper, but mm-hmm. they don't appreciate in value really. No, they're they're um, you know the manufactured homes are kind of hard to get uh, funding for. Mm. So a lot of them are you know out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I believe that you know most of them aren't very expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean they're still expensive, but they're not like a home. Mm-hmm. because you're not actually buying anything other than the house mm-hmm. um, and you're kind of renting the space that you put it in. I see. Right. Mobile, mobile parks are, are amazing. Um, they're actually a really, really amazing uh, real estate investments, but the mobile home isn't. I right? see. So the ones that are winning are the ones that are buying the lot and renting out every space to those homeowners. Yeah. That, only, only the la- royalty, like almost like a royalty because it's, you're just borrowing my land and right. you have, you, you're renting the space out yeah. to them. Wow. <laughs> Buying a home, man. So, no, no, obviously we need a loan. Mm-hmm. But to get a loan, like, what, what's, what's involved? Like, uh, do uh, work history, credit to debt, down payment, like what? So, like, let's start off with, like, credit. Like, what, realistically, what, what banks will work with you? What's your credit score has got to be mm-hmm. at minimum? Well, there's there's a lot of programs available. Mm-hmm. Um, every single county, every single area has different programs available. You see, I didn't know that. Yeah. So the good thing is that um, in in if you do just broaden it, uh-huh. um, for instance, like a FHA loan, mm-hmm. so a federal um, housing, uh, excuse me, um, you know, government backed loans. Yes. So you have. Um, a lot less restrictions, mm-hmm. a little bit easier access. So mm. I'm not going to get too much into the weeds of the numbers, mm-hmm. but because it varies. Yeah, they vary. Yeah, so yeah. you have conventional versus FHA, da, 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 a lot of different programs. But the most popular one is FHA, right? That's the one I see get here thrown out a lot. Is that the one? Um, I wouldn't say it's the most popular, but it's the most accessible. Ah, right? okay. So, more, more people can obtain that one. Right. hundred percent. Right. Cause it's, um, less down payment, um, lower restrictions, lower guidelines, um, which is amazing because, you know, nowadays you're here looking here in Lodi for a three bedroom, two bath. You're looking anywhere above 400,000 and not anybody can just, you know, afford a $400,000 payment. Right. So you're going to, you're going to be able to, um, get qualified for a FHA loan that allow you less restrictions. So for a credit score, you're looking anywhere from a 580 up. 580 up. So right. you're five, 580 and up, you're in the green. You're in the green. You're in the yellow. 
Okay. <laughs> so when you're up, yeah, you, yeah. you go 580 to 680, yeah, you're kind yeah, of in the yellow. Yeah. But you still have you have a green light to get something. I, ideally, you want to be you want to be yeah 680 up. 680 up. That's when the terms start getting better. But it's never um, it's never a bad time to start looking. I see. Right, because everybody thinks, oh, I'm not going to look until I have a 750s credit score. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Don't do that, because you don't know when that, how long that'll take, and you don't know how what other things you need to do in between. So, if you're ever thinking, okay, I want to buy a house, whether it's in a year, two, five years down the road, I would say speak to a professional. Let me guide you to a professional uh, that can actually teach you what you need to do and see where your plan, where your current situation is, and what goal you need to meet. And they'll actually plan it out for you and help you get to that goal. I love that. Uh, so moving on to the next thing is, all right, so these are those loan programs, 580 minimum. Uh, uh, now, uh, debt, man, like people have debt. Mm -hmm. Most people have debt. And I, I hear a lot of mixed things up in the air. It, some people say it's good to have debt because then the banks know like like you're, you're a good uh, borrower because you make your payments and stuff like that. Um, other people say like you shouldn't have debt at all because you know like that counts against whatever you do have. So like how how do like banks, real estate agents like how do you guys like look at that debt? Uh, well, for for us as real estate agents, we don't really um, focus on that side. Mm. We actually provide we have our lender partners mm. um, guide them in that aspect. Yeah. But in in under in the understanding of debt, there is always good debt and there is bad debt. Major major credit card debt uh, for, uh, you know, whatever purchases that you don't really need, that's yeah. bad debt. Uh, <laughs> but if you have a property in your name or you have a property that, you know, own you owe $250,000 mm -hmm. on, that's a good debt because it's actually an appreciating asset. You can actually uh, rent that out, um, offset some of that cost. Um, but there is definitely good and bad debt. And the lender will actually tell you what is and what isn't good and what you should and shouldn't pay off. Because not, not always if you say, okay, I have you know, $10,000 in credit card debt and I have these student loans, mm -hmm. X, Y, Z, I'm not going to get a loan until I pay all that off. It's not always the case. Again, with your blender will actually tell you, hey, pay this one off or pay this amount off on this credit card and it'll help you more than paying off the entire credit card. Is a car uh, uh, a depreciation asset or is that like good debt or bad debt? No, that's, that's okay. It's a, it's a fun debt, but it's not, <laughs> it's not a, in, in terms of uh, qualifying, it's actually one of the worst ones you can have. Really? Um, because it, they take into consideration what your monthly payment is. Mm. So for instance, let's say that your, um, your credit card, yeah, you have a $10,000 limit, mm -hmm. but you have only a $150 payment monthly. Mm -hmm. Well, they're only going to take that $150 and consider it as part of the debt to income ratio. Um, but, the car is usually more expensive. You're talking about, you know, four, five, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars. Some people oh, go, shit. yeah, oh, yeah. So I know we've run into a lot of people that they're, you know, they make good money, but they have, you know, a thousand dollar car payment. Yeah, that's that's a huge that's a chunk check. out of your income. That's a check. so um, a lot of people, you know, are held. Everything else is perfect, mm -hmm. but they're held back by their car payment yeah. because the car payment takes such a huge chunk out of your income mm -hmm. monthly that it's hard for the lender to say, hey, you have enough to cover the rest. Yeah, right? that's true. So for anybody out there thinking of buying a house and you're not yet qualified yet, don't go out and buy a huge car payment. <laughs> don't go out and get the nicest car. If you're planning to buy a house, go out and buy yourself a, a, a good, reliable commuter car um, for inexpensive price, as much as, as low as you can get. 
Um, and then once you buy the house, go go crazy and go buy that new car. As long as you can afford it. I love that. As but- long as you can make your <laughs> monthly mortgage payments, that's all that matters. Damn. That, that's sauce. That, I love that. that. That's value. I love that. Um, we talked credit. We talked um, uh, debt. Now, my last thing, and this for me too, is uh, down payment. Mm-hmm. So the FHA I see is 3.5. Mm-hmm. Should I just have the money to cover the down payment or is there hidden costs? Should I have like an emergency fund on the back end like in case oh in an oh shit fund or mm-hmm. what, what do you like what do you like recommend like let, let's say let, let's just easy numbers um 3.5 percent i i know this ain't real but a hundred a hundred thousand dollar home yeah. maybe in the state of wisconsin yeah um i don't know but 3500 should i just have 3500 saved and like pray it's all gonna work out or should i have double that or i like got a thousand five hundred extra on the side or what do you mm. think well, I would never say uh, have the bare minimum because you never know. There aren't necessarily hidden fees. Mm-hmm. Um, everything should be laid out out front. Mm-hmm. But there are unknown costs, unknown expenses in the process of buying a house. So typically your your down payment, uh, your $3,500 is, is, you know, it's a given, mm-hmm. right? That's what you know is going to come out. Mm-hmm. Plus you have closing costs. You have what, you know, the expenses for your loan. Whatever cost it's going to be, um, whatever costs are going to incur, in the process of getting that loan, you have appraisal fees, you have um, home inspection costs. And that that, com- that goal comes out of the buyer's pocket? Right. The the appraisal and the home inspections usually come out of the buyer's pocket ah. up front. Yeah. Um, the rest of the fees come out through the whole end of the process, mm-hmm. which is amazing because it allows someone um, the ability to look into the house, understand what the house looks like, what it, how you know the bones, are they good, what issues does the house have. And then in that case, they like it, they move forward with it. And if they don't, they're only out their home inspection and their appraisal. Um, and they're not signed up to a big-ass commitment right. or like right. uh, t- tied up, you know, right. money's tied up and mm-hmm. all that. Oh, yeah. wow. So the costs incurred are usually set up from the beginning, mm-hmm. but things fluctuate sometimes. Mm-hmm. Things change. Um, you know, contracts, when we agree to a contract, it's not set in stone that that's what it is there's still wiggle room. There's still negotiating can be done in mm-hmm. between that time from point A to point B. There's still some negotiating you can do. Um, and that can actually lower or raise um, your, your out of pocket expense. So typically I would say have your closing, your, your down payment plus probably another three to 5% of the property. Ah, so, um, so an extra 3,000 to 5,000, right? Which is a good rule of thumb. Cause even not even for the house, but just have an emergency fund. Right. You, uh, I, I feel like I saw something in the news. The average American doesn't even have a thousand dollars saved, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's terrible because then the paycheck to paycheck life is just bad in general. So e- even even um, without even knowing, just you should have an emergency fund regardless. Yeah, but, but that's a good rule of thumb: three to five percent. I'm gonna keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah. So typically, typically you're looking at your 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 down payment plus another three to five percent. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the rule of thumb. Have some savings. And if you're in the process of buying a house, do not go out and buy a car. Do not go out and buy new furniture on credit. Do not go out and spend more money on your credit cards, please. Um, I wanted to ask. So now that's like the bare bone, uh, like the basics and stuff. I want to get you in, man. Yeah. The agents, man. How does somebody find a good agent? 
that that I, I I see people trying to do their thing, promote themselves, Google, uh, social media, even like uh, signs all across town. You know, work <clears throat> with me. How how does somebody that like first time home buyer find a good agent? Um, obviously, we met through uh, one of my closest friends. But like anybody like wants to reach out to you or like or just wants to vet a good agent. How do you know like somebody's good or bad in your experience? Well, um, luckily enough, I've only had to deal with personally myself good agents because my mom helped me buy my house mm-hmm. when I bought my house. Um, but I would say um, word of mouth is the most important thing. Uh, reputation. Reputation. Uh, we in our office, we don't really do too much marketing. We do a lot of word of mouth mm. referral clients sending us new clients um, because our experience that we give them is what we hope we can give the rest of the people. And that's what they're expecting from us. So my, my key thing is to really focus on the client's experience. Um, share with them as much as you can. Transparency is key, but how do you know another agent's a good agent? Um, I would say, look up their history mm. Um um, even ask them, ask them, Hey, how many deals have you done? Or what's, what's your most recent deal? Um, you know, ask them for, for phone numbers of their previous clients. Yeah. You, uh, you want somebody seasoned, right? Um, right. I, because buying a house, uh, if ever done, it's, it's going to happen one, two more. I feel most of us, even maybe me, what's going to happen probably once in your life, twice in your life. Um, but you're going to want somebody to do a damn good job of doing it, man. It's like almost surgery. You have somebody operating you. You don't want somebody that's their first day or first time. You mm-hmm. want somebody that, oh, this is a routine procedure. I've done it all the time. So a, a history and word of mouth. You, yeah. And I think those are some very good points, solid points. You know, and another thing is that, it, you know, when you say seasoned, I hope people understand that it doesn't mean that you're older or been um, in the industry longer than others, mm. because that doesn't, that doesn't make a difference. Um, you can have brand new agents or agents six months in that do a better job that agents have been here for years. You know, I've only been here for four years and I think that I do a pretty good job. Um, there's probably agents out there that probably think that I did a bad job or, you know, I did an okay job, mm-hmm. but, um, so far so good. All the clients that I've helped have gotten through. We haven't had any issues. Um, you know, I've had some hard cases, you know, those are the ones that really help you understand what it does take to, to get from point A to point Z. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a lot of in between. And sometimes the easy ones, the easy cases are, are great because you get through it. Everybody's happy, but then you have those that are really, really tough. And that's where, it, you know, that's where you distinguish a great agent from a bad agent. Right. So how they handle under how, pressure. Right. How, how they, how they handle the, the issues, um, and how they, they cater to the client. Right. So our, our, my focus is, um, both in real estate and, li- and life insurance is ha- let me cater to the client's needs. Uh, because at the end of the day, if they're happy, they'll be able to refer more clients to me. 100%. And if they're happy, I'm going to be content with the job that I provi- provided for them. Facts. Right. Facts. Uh, what, what's a common issue people come across? Like what's something that you see? Like it ha- it's like normal or like it's something that like it's almost expected sometimes that like or is it case by case so different i mean every single case is different mm-hmm. it's it's very interesting it, every single case is different every single agent does things differently mm-hmm. um here in california i mean there's there's thousands and thousands and thousands of agents because mm-hmm. we're uh, so big right they're so they're so big and it's it's a market where everybody thinks just because you get into it you're going to make a ton of money mm-hmm. There's a lot of new agents. Most, I think there's a stat out there that less than 20% of agents are still full-time agents after the first year. Ah. 
So, and, and I've seen that, uh, when I was working on my licensing, um, I was in a course with this guy that I still keep in touch with. And, um, he was an agent in the Bay area and ended up moving, doing construction. Mm -hmm. He's doing very well for himself, but he left the real estate side because he just didn't want to deal with the whole waiting on commissions, waiting on clients because it's such a saturated market. So, um, that's one of the common issues you see. You see a lot of turnaround in agents, um, you know, with, they don't understand the concept of W2 versus 1099. A lot of them go from W2 to 1099 and they don't realize realize that now you got to pay your own taxes. You got to save up even every single check you make, you got to make sure you save up for your taxes. It's one of those things that, you know, understanding, uh, the common thing is, is one of the common issues that you do run into sometimes is, um, there are some agents that are very, very poor communicators. Like not transparent? They're not transparent with what's going on. They don't answer your phone calls. You're in the middle of a deal and they're not answering your phone calls. And it's like, we're on, you know, all of our, our, all of our deals are on a time crunch. Mm -hmm. So when there's an issue and someone doesn't answer you, then it becomes very difficult. Time is money, baby. Time is money. And then every day that goes on, it can be more money. So that's the one thing that I, 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 pride myself on is that if i'm called i answer if i'm texted i answer if i emailed i answer as, as soon as possible as, as soon as possible because i know that every single once that email goes to you that ball is now in your court and everything is held up on you sometimes leads man you, you gotta work and i i really liked how you said the whole season thing too because it's about putting in the reps it's not really about how much time you've been in have you been putting in the work mm-hmm. and a big misconception that people i think do see is uh Real estate or uh, when people say things are saturated, things are mm-hmm. too much and it doesn't work out for them. I, I just don't think you're not good enough mm-hmm. because how many taco trucks are here mm. and they all bring money? Yep. How many gyms are here? Mm-hmm. They all bring money. How many restaurants? Like if you're good enough, you're going to like outlast the competition. A, right. lot of, a lot of people try to get in, mm-hmm. but it's all about proving yourself and and like not everybody's cut out to be a business owner nope but you but if it's something you want to do give it a try give it a shot at least you say you did it um because it takes sacrifice investments losses i i feel like every i don't think there's ever been a person or somebody could reach tell me but a person his first business was successful mm-hmm. it's all about reps and then the pros and cons of business is um, at least with the W two, you clock out. I don't gotta worry about nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't gotta worry about the li- who's keeping the lights on, what products are good or bad. What my phone, my phone, I don't pick up if I'm not on the clock. But when you're a business owner, you're on the clock twenty four seven. You gotta manage these people. You gotta make sure inventory's right, quality control, um, reoccurring customers, and but you enjoy the fruits of the labor. But mm-hmm. it's it's can you undertake that much stress right and like you said a business owners uh business in general isn't for everybody mm-hmm. the world needs w2 workers yes uh every nobody here that's w2 workers less than understand that that where you are now you are there and if you're happy with that completely fine mm-hmm. but if you're not there's plenty of opportunity to go somewhere else and do something different that right the, this, this is the country of the opportunity and if you're stuck somewhere where you're not liking it you have nobody to blame but yourself I love that. I love that, man. Try somewhere else. Stop being content with where you're at. Mm -hmm. And that'll give you an idea of, okay, you know, two, three places don't like you or you don't like them. Something else is an issue. Mm -hmm. So never be content with what, what what you're doing if you're not happy. 
that that whole it's not you it's me it's um mm. it's, it's also like some people work some people work good with others some don't some like labor mm-hmm. others don't it's also so this is why at a young age if possible it's good to try out different things yeah um uh and like this is not like people look at me and weird and crazy because i like the fields farm labor field mm-hmm. work they're like i could never like that how could you do that son backbreaking work and then i look at my brother who's uh he likes the kitchen mm-hmm. the 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 kitchen burgers food customer service and i'm like man you, you couldn't pay me enough to do that right. like like so everybody's right. different mm-hmm. but you don't know till you try you right. don't know till you try and um but it's also finding like it's li- life's journey finding yourself and just uh also also just being happy happy like because um, you you don't you don't need um I, I, th- I think the one thing that really messes us up is social media mm-hmm. that we feel like we need all these materialistic items to make us happy but not really like as you as i'm getting older i'm starting to realize if i'm healthy my parents are good my loved ones and friends that i care about are good life is good like there's very few things that can bring me down like if very few things and i feel like that's really what is important in life yeah and that's amazing you have that mindset having that mindset you're already a winner because the little things can't bring you down so many of us see social media and see uh you know that very successful business owner or that very um good looking person and you're you put yourself down immediately oh i don't look that good or i can never be that successful don't ever think like that everybody's everybody's path is different be happy with who you are. Um, and if you're not happy with who you are, fight for it. Fight for those goals. Uh, Set yourself goals and meet them. Always uh, 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 always know you have the control mm-hmm. of where to head and direction. You might not have the control of your skin color, where you're born, who you're related to. But you're in control of your body. You're in control of how much money you can make. You're in control of where you live. You're in control of who you pick as a partner where you want to work like there, there's things that you can take control of your life and better yourself if you really want to oh yeah no that that's a big thing big thing because you so many people nowadays they they give up control as soon as something goes not their way facts and and most of us have that control uh, that understand most of us should have the understanding that you have unlimited amount of resources nowadays internet gives you so many things as much as it gives you bad, it gives you good. It gives you opportunities to find something different. Find that new, you know, workout routine that you're going to like and you're going to really enjoy doing. Find that new business model that you really, really want and appreciate the concept and you want to push forward for. There's so many things out there. Now it's just, it's all in our hands. It's all in our hands. You, you grab that phone, you, you pick up the phone, you find who you want to talk to, reach out to them. At the end of the day, that's all you can do is keep trying, keep pushing forward. Like Gary Vee said, you're one call away from changing your life. Yeah, yeah. How long have you lived in Lodi? Well, I was born and raised in Lodi. Born and raised, yeah. native. Yeah, I was born and raised in Lodi. Um, I actually bought my house in Lockford, but mm-hmm. I'm like right on the border, so I'm still a Lodi in the heart. Um, do you remember when there was a Mervyn's here, Kmart? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah. So, uh, obviously, if you bought it, because uh, my, my parents bought a property in the early 2000s, and now it's, from what they bought it to what it, it's worth today, it's like sh- skyrocketed. Yeah. Um, is there, uh, people have this misconception. It's almost like, I feel like people look at the housing market, like the stock market, like buy at the dip. Mm-hmm. Is there ever a wrong time to buy? Uh, there is a wrong time to buy depending on what your situation is. Mm. So 
Um, we typically, especially because we work with first time home buyers, mm-hmm. we, we advise if you're renting a house mm-hmm. and you're tired of paying that rent and you know that they're going to keep raising your rent every single year, then why not take the plunge and sacrifice whatever you need to sacrifice now to save some money to buy that first house. As long as you can make that payment. And if you can, if you can make that payment for the next 30 years, Mm -hmm. then you shouldn't worry. Right. There shouldn't be a wrong time. Even if the the prices are higher, um, interest rates are higher. Mm -hmm. Right. Because at the end of the day, interest rates go up, prices come down. And vice versa. And vice versa. Like we saw this past couple of years, the The interest rates were were super low. low. Mm hmm. But the houses were very expensive, and so oh, shit. yeah, when the when the last you know last year when the cold COVID market was crazy, mm-hmm. the COVID market was everybody thought the market's going to crash, the market's going to crash. It did the opposite; it skyrocketed. Everybody was working from home. Everybody was leaving the Bay Area, especially here locally, leaving the Bay Area to work remotely. Mm-hmm. So they were buying houses Lodi, Sacramento, Elk Grove, um, and the prices were skyrocketing. Interest rates were near two percent so you know historic lows and we were seeing incredible uh, sky skyrocketing prices but people were still buying because they still wanted a house yeah now they're waiting they're like a lot of them were waiting for the prices to come down prices came down (laughs) slightly but interest rates gone up (laughs) so at the end of the day which one's the right which one's the right one there's no right or wrong time um for someone who's looking to buy their first house and uh there's also pros and cons to this Mm -hmm. Renting, owning, mm-hmm. like the one thing about renting is maybe you don't worry about the maintenance, you don't worry about the lawn, you don't worry about the taxes on it, um, the plumbing sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, the big downside with renting is like whatever it is, whether it's a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars, you're never gonna see no return on that money. And then when it comes to buying a house, this is what I learned from my parents. You can even like build up equity in a house and take that out for an emergency maybe for even like just wants and needs so it's it's all it's all a situation because there's, right. there's also flexibility like with rent like you're kind of mobile i guess you could also like switch to your one more you can move around remotely but with the house you're gonna you're stuck there until you find a buyer close the deal and i, I see it all as pros and cons yeah. but on the surface level, I think investing and putting your money into something long term, especially if you're gonna like live here for the next 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, what do you think about the from the small town it was to what it is today? I still consider it small, but um, like, do do you see the housing market going up and up? Because I I honestly see like Lodi is gonna become like the next Napa. Like, well, it's it's funny enough because um, I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this from my wife, but. Uh, my previous job was in the the grapes and wine industry. Ah, so we I I praise Lodi for what it is. Uh-huh. Um, it, it is a, a mini Napa, but it's funny enough. Most of the most of the grapes or a lot of the grapes that come that go to Napa and a lot of the wines that are done in Napa come from here in Lodi. But- <laughs> You're about to expose them, bro. What? So so in the grape industry, uh-huh. um, Lodi has. Very, very, very great soil, mm-hmm. very great climate mm-hmm. for grapes. Yeah. Um, that's why we have over 90 wineries here in Lodi. A lot of the grapes that are grown here are shipped out to other parts of the state. Right. So so it helps it, it helps them in Napa because they bring in Lodi grapes mm-hmm. um, and then they classify it as Napa. 
wine. Is it because it's cheaper, or do you yeah. know the inside behind that? Uh, I'm, well, just being I, nosy. I'm not. I'm not sure about the whole the whole inside yeah, end yeah, of it, yeah. but um, I believe that in order for it to be bottled as Napa yeah. wine, uh, it has to be a certain amount of that has to be produced in in Napa, and yeah. the rest can be from anywhere else. Um, but in our industry, we shipped a lot of grapes out of Lodi uh-huh. to the Napa, Napa. area, uh, Sonoma, Hillsburg, St. Helena, all those areas out there, as well as places down south, uh-huh. um, and vice versa. We would bring, bring grapes from down south up north, and um, it's one of those things that Lodi is growing so much. Mm-hmm. It's expanding so much. There's a lot of wealth here. Yes. There's a lot of wealth. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I do love Lodi. I've uh, Like I said, I was born and raised here. I, I don't see myself leaving this area mm-hmm. um, for any near future. Um, but who knows in the, in, the, in the vast future, who knows what will happen. But um, I, I do believe Loda is going to continue to grow. 100%. Um, it's expanding over and over. I mean, we see houses growing on the west side. Um, the, the complexes are just keep expanding and expanding. Um, I think that, that Loda has a, a high ceiling. I, I, literally, high ceilings. The houses over there, I think lower sack. It's like they stopped going across. Now they're just building up because mm. they're like, nah, we need to put more people mm-hmm. in these properties. So right. stack them on top of each other. These, the ones by Costco on like the Harney Lane area. I'm like, and I remember when none of that was here and to see it now. Yeah. But I love it because it's almost, like, I don't, I remember we used to go have to go to Stockton or like Outgrove, Sack, like for like the bigger stores. Now it's all the the Costco here. Right. I'm, I'm, it's, it's all, the only thing I'm, I request is a Chick-fil-A. And a Best Buy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. It's funny because, like you said, we were back in the day, you wanted to go to the mall. You had to go to, you know, you want to go to shopping somewhere good. You had to go to the mall. We had a a Target and a Walmart, but now we have the Costco here. We have, um, hopefully soon, that bowling alley. You know, Waiting on it. Still waiting on it, Lodi. Come on, man. Um, But no, there's a lot of great things here. Uh, It's a very family-oriented city. Yes. Um, And I love that. It's really, um, it's it's a really calm city, Mm -hmm. but... There has a lot of, it has a lot of upside. There's a lot of, you know, downtown life. Um, there's not too crazy downtown life, mm. but you have a lot of nice things you can go out to do, uh, nice little restaurants. So I do think that Lodi is on the up. Yeah, uh, 100%. There's still a lot for more growth. So anybody that's buying property here in Lodi, it's only going to continue to grow, grow in value. That's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, something else I wanted to bring up was um, your... Um, the whole uh, life insurance model. Mm-hmm. So what is life insurance? For us? So, I mean, in, in general, if we think about life insurance, it's to offset income for someone when they pass. Offset income for when I pass. So yeah. let's just say me. I pass and I have life insurance. Does that cover my funeral and like that's it? Or what are we talking? Like, Or does like money go down to my family or if I have kids in the future? Like, Yeah, de- depending on what you get. There's different oh, types. There's different types. Yeah, so... There's all kinds of it. Like, that's why I said the broad, the broad understanding, the mm-hmm. main understanding is to offset expenses mm-hmm. for, you know, funeral costs. And if you get more, you get obviously lay, send it down to your family. Ah. Right. So once you do have a family, um, kids, wife, X, Y, Z, you can set up your life insurance to help those funds go to them, um, help them, you know, in order for them not to lose just, I mean, not. So they don't have to just uh, don't lose you and the house. Mm-hmm. They just lose you, and then the income that you leave behind helps take care of your kids and offset your 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 income. It, it's one of the few insurance that you actually pro- that you're guaranteed to use. Right? How many how many people have um, car insurance, uh, house insurance, 
And honestly, I hope you never have to use them. I'm just like making a statement, but uh, life insurance is one of the few insurance you're guaranteed to use. It's 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 true. Um, and like, what what are what are the the benefits of it? Is also it's also like a savings you said or like a investment almost you said. Right. So again, there's different types of products. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is for educational purposes only. Yes. Um, no advice. Th- there are. Um, Tons of there's many many products out there mm-hmm. across the nation. There's mm-hmm. not tons of products. Everybody has their niche. Everybody has their own thing. But if you think about, we have a term policy, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of like a rental property. Yep. Um, you, whatever you put in, you don't get out unless you pass away. I like how you tie these. Right. So that's a, that, that's the easiest way to ha- help understand. And then you have permanent products which mm-hmm. you're purchasing, which also have some sort of savings account mm-hmm. attached to it where it earns on interest. Yes. Right. So that's where you can utilize the different types of products to help you while you're a, while you die mm-hmm. and while you're alive to help you generate some more income. Um, I actually had the privilege of um, taking a uh, Sam's uh, presentation and th- thank you for that. It's, it, it's, it's something that as you get older, like it's, it's, it's more, um, it's uh Infor- it's, it's good to get information. It's good to get information. So I want to tell anybody that has 30 minutes to an hour to spare and would like to get more information uh, through audio and through video. It's not the same, but because Sam has a legit presentation that he goes through slide by slide. And I was stopping him every two seconds to, hey, what about this? What about that? But he knows what his stuff. He knows what he's talking about. So I, anybody serious wants to get some more information, I definitely tell you guys, reach out to Sam. His links will be in the bottom. But it's, it's something that our community needs to know about at least and honestly like knowledge is power so the, you knowing a little bit something about more about something is not going to do you any harm like right. d- don't don't binge watch that next episode or series on netflix like get some more information know about it maybe not for you but hey for somebody you care about for somebody you love because life insurance is not only just for yourself it's for like if you have kids right mm-hmm. i mean anybody and that's it's uh, appreciate the the, the plug in uh but really um it, it, when i saw it I immediately thought, how can I share this? Mm. How can I share this to the community? How many of our, our family members do we know that their only source of retirement or only source of, of savings is whatever they put under the couch, right? Sheesh. So a lot of us, we a lot of our families, a lot of our, our, our culture, our community um, aren't educated on, the, on this aspect. And that's where I'm looking to really expand and help educate um, both Hispanic community and the Lodi community in general. Um, there's not a lot of people out there that really want to cater to a client and really educate them. Mm. A lot of them are, hey, let me get your signature and let me move on. Mm. But, but they don't, the care, the follow up, the caring, the, the actually want to do a change. Right. right. Actually, under, helping them, helping educate them mm-hmm. and helping them understand what they're getting into versus let me just take your money and I'll run off. Let me get my commission and then. Whatever happens to you, happens to you. If you don't find out, it's not my problem. You know, that's where, um, again, going back to the real estate, how do you find a good agent? It's really hard to because you usually don't know if it was a good agent until after the fact. Yeah. Right. So that's why I pride myself on being able to communicate with clients um, really what what their needs are. And let me fit something to their to their needs. Um, and anybody that's looking to, to be educated, um, I'm, I'm really looking to really share, mm-hmm. really, really help under, people understand that. There is other sources of re, uh, other resources out there, mm-hmm. not resources. just resources, That's not, not just is. a savings account, not yes. just a bank savings account. Yes. There's a lot of things out there that 
a lot of us don't think of. Usually, most most Hispanic communities, um, they're a one income household. Yeah. What happens when that one income passes away, or gets hurt, or gets sick and they can't work? Damn, bro! I just had like a an epiphany. Yes, it just blew my mind right now because um, seven years in the fields I was right, and the the guys would get really bummed out when when we wouldn't work. One due to California laws due to heat. I think if it exceeds ninety degrees or something, they get kicked out. And when it uh, rains, and even a day after it rains, because it's flooded, because we're liabilities, and that's good. That's all right because those sa- those laws are in place to protect the workers. I hundred percent agree. But that whole single uh, income household thing is true, because uh, the, the uh, my coworker the, him not going to work is that's a that's one day less of money to feed his mm-hmm. friends and family. I mean, not friends and family, his family and kids. And I'm just like, wow, like. Um, and if only like they knew more information or knew about more resources, um, and it's usually like you said through word of mouth. That's usually how, because our our old folks they're not really most of them are into the phones. They're not into the media, social media, and stuff. It's more like los compadres, what they tell you, oh, what your brother and sister tell you, or um, just like the people you surround yourself with. This is why I think it's also really important to surround yourself with them. Um, uh, uh, you heard that one saying in the and you heard that I'm pretty sure you heard that one saying if if you're the smartest person in the room you gotta get into another room mm. like if you think you know everything about every like in the people you're surrounded with I think he's starting to just talking to more people because um we never know enough and there's right. so much information and resources out there that maybe it couldn't maybe you don't need them or they can't benefit you but hey but you can help somebody else and figure it out like hey like pass on the information to someone yeah no definitely definitely it's one of our, our key things is that we educate folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the timing isn't right for you, but maybe you know somebody. Because mm-hmm. everybody knows somebody that had to deal with cancer or got some sort of illness, got some sort of injury or unexpected death. The worst of the worst. Worst of the worst. And what happens is most most often people don't have any sort of resource to be A, to cover the expenses for medical expenses mm-hmm. or, or funeral expenses um and and b where's the next income going to come from yeah where's the next paycheck for that food for their kids going to come from i see too many times you know gofundmes and gofundmes are amazing crowdfunding are is amazing Mm -hmm. but you know there's a statistic again i'm coming back to statistics um that less than 12 percent of gofundmes actually meet their goal yeah and about 16 percent get nothing it's because when when shit hits the fan that's when you really see who your friends are mm. when, when things get real when like real like everybody's there for the party everybody's there for the night out when you're down that's who you see where when you need money when money's involved even somebody's time that's when you really see like who, who's down with you who's not and it's sad because I, I know exactly what you're talking about when when something tragic happens a lot of people don't show up mm-hmm because uh, he was a good guy or she was a good girl. Boom. That's it. Like, yeah. And then to because everybody moves on and goes on with their life. So the least you can do is s- set up some type of like plan or have some type of um, pathway for like, hey, I'm going to set you guys up. I don't know what you guys go. I'm not telling you guys go left or right. But here, here's at least the tools you need to move on. Right. And I think that's what um, we should all like strive to, like yeah. just set up the next generation for a better future, not like with some crazy dad or some crazy stress. Because 
um that, that that's also another thing that that hurts a lot of uh us as individuals is like the stress Mm-hmm. Of like that's a, it's a hard time to go through when um, we lose somebody or something tragic happens. So yeah, one one of the things that uh, it's it's amazing what what this product can do for for people is that it allows them time to grieve. Mm. Right? How many how many people? I mean, I I don't know if you know anybody, but there's a lot of people out there when they when they pass, right? Mm-hmm. You lose somebody, but that next person has to pick up the pace and and now go to work. They don't have the time to take to say, okay, I, I just lost my husband, my wife, my brother, my sister, to actually take the time to 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 really understand what it is, grieve, go through it, and understand the process and heal. They have to, okay, funeral happened, let me go back to work. Cause I need to put food on the table. I can't actually take the time to to feel my feelings and and move forward. And what does that have? what does that lead to? More stress, more depression, more sadness. Um, and, and you, you already lost your loved one. Why do you want to lose yourself too? My job, you get three days, mm. three days, man. Yeah. Three days. That's a whole long time. Three days. <laughs> that's, that's wow, bro. I didn't even think of like, that's, that's true, bro. That's yeah. three days. Like at the end of the day, three days, you barely, barely like lose the adrenaline of losing someone. I would imagine I haven't lost anybody close, close to my heart. Um, but I would imagine you, you barely lose the adrenaline of understanding that they passed. You never had the time to really cope and understand and, and, and grieve and feel and speak to somebody, you know, um, you know, again, it's most of the, most of the time money is the leading factor of why they have to move on. Mm -hmm. Not because they actually moved on. uh, Yeah. No, it's like, like necessity that necessity to, to bring in more income to pay for, for the food on the kid's table mm-hmm. versus the understanding that, okay, you lost your loved one. Let me take the time to, to really uh, process this and teach my kids or show my kids what it means that now he, they're gone. Um, now it's just move on to the next. Share information, gain knowledge, get resources and build a community that wants to better our people. Tonai, San Joaquin, Mexican, black, white, I don't care. But I think together we're stronger. And the more information you know, the more powerful you are. Yeah, no, definitely. That definitely the 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 stigma and the the um the what's the word the separation that the division that we've caused in our in our country uh, has just led more and more to to loss versus gain. Um, and and education, understanding each other, um, and just sharing a common factor with each other. Is amazing because now you can educate someone on how to help protect them in the event of a loss, mm-hmm. how to help someone get a house, you know, how to what what's the next step? Yes, let's let's teach someone how to make something better than to con- con- continually uh, share the the negative. Yes, uh, uh, information on buying a house, information on getting life insurance, information on everyone with people like everything we talked about. It's all valuable stuff that people should really like make a priority but uh we're such in a consume nature consuming stuff that doesn't better us and almost want, this is just me going with like my whole uh conspiracy shit is uh, i almost feel like the like the government wants us to kind of be separated mm-hmm. and like divided and them there us here and i'm just like nah nah because th- there, there's no it, it's not better it's, it, it, it takes a uh, what's someone saying? It takes a village to build a community or yeah. to raise a family yeah. or something like that? Yeah, there's a village. it takes a village to raise a kid. Yeah, uh, yeah, But, I mean, in general, it takes a village to raise yourself to mm-hmm. 
understand because I don't know everything. Like mm. you said, you know, you, you're in a circle of your people. Um, you want more education? Go to a different circle. You go you read a book. Get on a podcast. You know, watch different videos. Everybody has something to, to share. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's one of the things that I, that I realized getting into to life insurance that there was so much more out there that isn't shared to the common people. It's shared amongst the wealthy, right? You know, life insurance is used by the uber wealthy to to continually raise their wealth. It's it's almost like secrets of the rich. Secrets but, of the rich. But we say that, but it's not really even a secret. No, it's it, just it, we haven't been told it. Yeah, it's, it's you only know what you know, mm. and unless you you become the change in your generation and your community to like, no, nah, it, it it stops here. We're gonna do better. We're we're not gonna be a statistic. We're not gonna end up where we started. We're gonna move forward. I might not make a touchdown. But hey, if we started the fortieth yard line, I'm gonna make us to the thirtieth or twentieth, and then my kids are gonna make it to the tenth, and like maybe they'll mm-hmm. score. You know, that's how I look yeah. at it. And it's amazing what 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 products like this can do for for generations. Mm-hmm. Um, building generational wealth through life insurance is something that I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. And now when I run the numbers and I see what you can do for kids for their retirement, it's just astronomical. <laughs> it's something that you would never even think could be possible. For a, a, a low monthly contribution, mm-hmm. it's like mind-boggling what time can do for, for our kids and mm-hmm. for our families. I, I want to ask you, man, you, uh, you're really smart, you're educated, and you come from a great home. Your parents are both like successful business owners from what I hear, and that's awesome. Um, how have your friends and like your partner influenced you? Like, Do they support all this? Like, like, Do you get a lot of support? Because you're very confident, and I love that. I, I feel like I do. I feel like I do get a lot of support. Um, uh, a lot of it is is from from my mentorship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been able to be, get a little more confident in how I can share with uh, with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you from day one, I was terrible at it. Um, public speaking is very very difficult. Um, it's something that I'm learning how to do a little bit more and le- a little bit more. Uh, We're every, on the same boat. Yeah, we can never get perfection, but we can definitely get better. One um, percent so, better. Yeah, right. Every single time. Um, but no, I've, I've luckily enough, I've had a, a very supporting household. Um, a, a very supporting circle of, of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the amazing thing is that, it, you know, just sharing with them mm-hmm. is, is support enough. Ah. Um, just because uh, for, for me, I feel like if you're willing to listen to me, that's the support because yes. even if you don't, even if you don't purchase anything, I don't, I don't necessarily need you to purchase something, but if you hear me out and you give me feedback, that's support enough because I know everybody's time is valuable. And if you're taking 30 minutes to an hour out of your day to listen to me, then, then that means you support me and you believe in what I'm doing. That's something so small that I notice makes a big difference. Whether I'm a, whether I'm opening up or I'm just listening within my friends, sometimes you, you just want to like an outlet, mm-hmm. whether it's a close friend, a family member, your partner. Um, even though I know they can't do nothing about it to change the situation or to change the outcome of what's going on, just, having that outlet that I can talk to you or like having somebody that you come, come to you and not feel judged or like that, that is support being listened to and like being able to talk to somebody without like getting put down, neglected, all that, that, wow, that, that, that you're, you're so right. That, that is a big, powerful type of support. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, one, I mean, through, through life, you, you start to see different things, you hear different quotes, um, one of the things that, that uh, I'm learning for myself is that men and women think very, very differently. 
So when someone, when oh, in this case, when your partner comes to you and says, hey, this, this, and this happened, instead of telling them, well, how about you do this to fix it, you just listen to them. Because yeah. they don't want answers. <laughs> they don't want a logical reaction to, to what they're asking you or telling you. They want you to feel with them. Mm-hmm. They just want to feel for a second, and then once they feel, then they're like, okay, they'll move on. But it's it's every single person, every single uh, you know, business, every single model is different. Yeah. And the the thing is that you can you can start to understand and like, okay, that's how this person works. Yes. That's one of those things that in business it's very different different and difficult to really gauge every single person how they react. But I'm getting a lot better at understanding that everybody needs a different response. Yeah. You. Uh- how, how you talk to your mom is not how you're going to talk mm. to every woman. How you talk to your best friend is not how you're going to talk to every dude you come across. Like, it's, it's a situation and stuff. Mm. But but also, just stay true to yourself, too. Right. Like, uh, don't let yourself get walked up upon. Have respect for yourself. Um, have a good mindset. Um, but all, all, all this comes with, like, one step at a time. Because mm. this ain't, like, to become... The whole package, I guess you can say, yeah. is it's uh, you got to work on yourself too. Yeah, it's experience not, did definitely experience, experience yes. de- definitely does help. Um, so you know, it's just one of those things that you take one day at a time, one day at a time, one conversation at a time. Yep. And then uh, you know, uh, expectations are very very important too. Yes. Expectations with your 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 business partners, expectations with your partners, uh, home partners, life partners. Setting that up from the beginning, that will avoid a lot of. Uh, bad Com- conversations conflicts down the road yeah. uh setting expectations and boundaries and being up front mm. like um being, being up front and that that what's create long-lasting friendships relationships everything like because if you let somebody get away with something that you're not cool with and then but you let it happen and then six months down the road like that's a lot strong and then you say something then now that that's a whole mm. it's gonna blow up in your face because they're like oh but it's always been like this, or what the heck, blah, blah, and I've just seen it happen. And this is just, from, like you said, experience. Sometimes you got to get burnt to, like, not touch the fire again or not play with fire again. Right. Yeah, I heard, I heard a quote that it really, you know, helped me out a little bit, was teach people how you want to feel tr- be treated, right? Teach people how you want to be treated? Right. Mm. So if they do something wrong to you and you let it continue to happen, you're teaching them that it's okay. Mm. Like like getting called a name or something. Right. You gotta stop it right there and yeah. then or if you're cool with it, you're gonna let it play on. Yeah. I see. And it takes a lot it takes a lot out of you to to be able to get to that point. Yeah. It takes a lot of confidence in yourself. It takes a lot of guts. Yeah. But once you get to that point, you realize that nobody can stop you. A hundred percent. Hey Sam. Well, thank you, bro. Yeah. This, this this was really dope. I honestly, bro, I learned real estate, life insurance, how to become a better person. Thank you so much, bro. Like this, this one's gonna be fire. No, I appreciate the time. No, this is really cool. I really appreciate your your setup. I I love the time that you you set up for me. I mean, you really took care of me on this one. I I you know all your guests. I'm sure they get the same treatment. You got really really good customer service. You know, <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Um, you got a lot of things going for you, and I and I know this podcast is gonna be big. I know you're doing you're doing very well on it. You're you're really focusing on it. You're doing you're you're putting in the time. And this is just going to go across the board for, for all your, your future endeavors. I feel like you got a really strong head on your shoulders, and, and I'm really excited to see what the future has for you. Hey, man, you're a G, bro. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. And likewise, man, everything you said, tenfold, and we're going to come up together. Anybody yeah. that helps me now at Ground Zero, I'm bringing them to the top with me. Best believe yeah. that, bro. Thank yeah. you, man. No problem.